would you say? <laughs> <laughs> first. We're going to pick up right where I first. want to. Hi, I'm Dredd for DigiBridge. DigiBridge? So I walked into Ask Higgy. me about DigiBridge. I walked into Higgy this morning here in Huga. the... Huga. In the fast... You know what? I think I like you calling it a Higgy. I We're going to go with Higgy. In the, in the freaking incredibly fast-growing sector of... Charlotte, that Westeros. West Charlotte, Westeros. Uh, I mean, it's just, if you've lived here for, I lived here 20, if you've lived here 10, if you've lived here five, mm-hmm. what you've witnessed on in Westeros is a an unbelievable uh, redemption, not redemption, uh, rising of a portion of the city that yeah. before was, you know, kind of warehouse space and, you know, yeah. some, some buildings. The, yeah, there's a lot of industrial. Right. Stuff, but um, for those of uh, of the UPod Paxers who are not familiar with uh, Charlotte, there's a street called Moorhead Street that goes, it runs east to west, and on the east side of town, southeast side of town, it's mm-hmm. kind of in the Peacock Wedge, right? Yeah, richer part of town, and then mm-hmm. it runs right directly through town, not mm-hmm. not downtown, but like no, but right on, right, right, right on the edge, right, right yeah. on the edge, and then it runs to to the west side and becomes West Moorhead. Yeah, uh, and uh, and and, then and you could almost draw that line. You could you used to be able to draw that line, Tryon Street. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and you cross yeah. Tryon Street, and then the, I I want to say the first thing that changed you know, it was right before I got here was Panther Stadium. Mm, Panther Stadium okay. is on Moorhead. Yeah. Panther Stadium changed a lot, and then it just started creeping. Uh, whatever it is, started creeping down Moorhead farther and farther till it contacted Freedom Drive. Yep, which that which stretch used to be a. Dicey. Dicey. That, Dicey. The, but the stretch from Moorhead, from Panther Stadium to Freedom Drive was not good. And then, and but now it's completely changed. Oh, it's packed with millennials now. Right. And then take yeah. a right on Freedom and then come up in Westeros where we are right now. And it's unbelievably different. Yeah. It, I mean, even just, I've, I've been in this space now just two years or so. And it's changed markedly. Right. From even you know just in that in this so the the curve of of the the rise of Westeros is right has begun to sharpen. When you left steepened. your your leased space in Millennial yes. Village and moved to this shared Millennial space, yes, I was dubious when you gave me the address. I was like, damn, it's like a pioneer, <laughs> like a pioneer or something, you know. And then, uh, but it's it, it really isn't like that at all. And it's just like I guess I'm going to call it a reclamation. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like a reclamation. Yeah. A reawakening. It's a reawakening. And uh, it's part of town. It's awesome to see. Anyway. It is pretty so, cool. So uh, parked this morning. This is a Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Doa has been kind enough to give up some Saturday time because I was uh, overcome by events yesterday, Friday, when we like to do this. And uh, drove over to the Higgy, got out of the my vehicle, uh, and immediately saw a sign that said, Digi Bridge. Digi Bridge. Don't know why it's there. Don't know what it means. There is a company or an organization. I, I don't know if it's a company. I, I'll be real honest. I'm not really sure what they yeah. do. But there is an organization called DigiBridge that has office space here in the Higgy Hookah. Right. And uh, I I presume uh-huh. by the name, there's some sort of bridging of Oh, I like it. Digital yeah. things. Sure. Good. I don't, but I don't have any idea. Don't know what, what it means? Do. Yeah. But, but there I was said, a sign. Uh, yeah, I said to <laughs> Darkest, as I said, hi, I'm Dread for DigiBridge. <laughs> Ask me about it. And he said, what about it? I said, I don't know. <laughs> just, no, I just am. So we're going to make some t-shirts to right. say, ask me about DigiBridge. Right. 
I don't do too much uh, description of where we are, but we are in the podcast studios of the Higgy, which yep. uh, are themed. Yes. Uh, lemoned for some yes. reason. The theme is lemons. And on this wall, it says <laughs> easy peasy squeezy. Easy peasy lemon, lemon, lemon squeezy. squeezy. Yeah. And there's a, ye- a lot of yellow stuff, but there is an inexplicable bowl, fish, giant fish bowl of plastic lemons. Yeah. Don't know what it means. I don't. But here it is. It's a fool that looks for logic uh, in the chambers well, of the human heart I, or in the sections of a lemon. I have to say I like it here. I don't really know why, but I mean. And I will say it's got good energy. There's something about this side of town and just there's a there's a a, a rising energy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. An excitement. The, the equipment here in the podcast studios, particularly the Roadcaster Pro, is middle notch. So it we is. got that going for us. <laughs> no, I was just like... It's like middle to mid-upper notch. It's, it's, it's not upper notch. It's it's middle-ish notch. Yeah. So anyway, with all that, yeah. let's roll the opening. Okay. And, and we're, we're back. back. We're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the minivan centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The minivan centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. So, you can I tell you, when I listen to the open, I get, uh, well, first of all, there's two things that, that stand out. And whoever put that together is a genius. Oh, yeah, it was me. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, your voice is in it. Yeah, I know. Uh, number one, and, and I feel uh, comfortable saying this, uh, and I know we make a lot of jokes, but we're on a mission from God. Boo! That's the, that is the first thing that you hear. Well, if you don't think... We got the is. band back together, and we're on a mission from God. I would say, to go, com- combine two completely... Uh, com- movies have nothing in that, common You've to never say. done that before, but go yeah. ahead. If you don't consider yourself to be a mission uh, from God... What is it you say you do here? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Just a toss back to last week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of last week, uh, yeah. that was episode two. Indeed. Has that been released to the public? It is. I it's out there. I did not know. I'll listen to it. It took uh, a surprising amount of time. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'll say this, the, podca- the podcasts that we have done in the past, um, past other- Past casts? The past casts, the, po- the podcasts. <laughs> our, po- our pod past- <laughs> It's been rough. I've got a murky pod past. <laughs> it's all a lot, it's of, all, a lot of loose women. <laughs> and it's all out on the internet for That's you right. to hear. You can hear every bit of it. Uh, yeah, so the past cast uh, was engineered, as far as like the posting of it on the internet, was done by somebody else. I didn't have an idea. So this is my, like, so I'm doing this for my, by myself for the first time. And so I don't know if I did something wrong or if it was the service that I chose or what, but it took a surprising amount of time for it huh. to actually populate onto the iTunes, uh, or I guess we don't even call it iTunes anymore, uh, the Apple Podcasts app. Like it went a lot of other places just fine, but it took a while for it to kind of show well, up in the Apple What do you Apple mean Podcasts. somebody else used to do it? Who, who did it? 
I'm kidding. Those guys. I have no idea. I just really. All I did, yeah, the I whole forty three. That that was all done by somebody else. All I did <laughs> was I would upload the the finished product to where they told me to, and then it would do its. I don't know. I don't know who set it up. Like it was set up oh. long before I got. There, oh, okay, so. right. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'll point out to you so, that even the nation's grandtan, he's he's is manages to po- post the pod call somehow. I, I know, so, I know, I know. So there's your canary in the coal mine. No That's offense right. to the Grantan. I think he'd be the he'd be in full. Oh, he likes to mock me for my lack of. He does. He yeah. he he derives a great deal of sure. uh, pleasure out of mocking you over your technical inability. Yeah, and which is manifest. Yeah. So I want to just throw out a shout out uh, and a grateful thank you to you, uh, Darkest, because of your tireless efforts in our. Uh, the SLT of two that we have yes. right now uh, in the, this effort that this, we have. This, this what did you say? Nascent movement. Nascent movement. Of burgeoning. Movement, burgeoning, <laughs> ever emerging uh, movement because uh, just across the board, how many things you do, uh, I have completed the text of the Minivan Centurion. Yes. It is. You sent it to me this, this very morn. Well, I actually sent it to you yesterday and then I sent you a revised I saw version it. today. Oh, no, that's what I meant. The finished. The, the finished the, the final, The final-ish final. But it's a 115 pages long, 30,000 words. That's a very oh brief gosh. book. Yeah. Uh, very brief book. Um, it's, it's very free delete-ish. Free delete wasn't a whole lot longer than that, was it? Uh, yeah, I think it was a 40,000, 45,000 maybe. Yeah, but, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's in, in that, that range. range. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sometimes the secret of uh, writing something well is knowing when to stop. <laughs> power of brevity it's like the you remember that seinfeld when he was like when you when you've given the line like you walk out right you end on a high note right yeah you gotta know when to shut up gotta know when to stop so somebody i've been following on twitter i don't know how i stumble into him is this guy named wesley yang yeah i really have no idea who he actually is he's a sub stacker of some kind yeah and it's kind of hard to figure out where he's coming from on a lot of stuff but he writes a, a lot of his tweets are about writing persuasively sure and uh, that's kind of what got me interested in, in, in him. And uh, he uh, had this tweet where he said, "It's you can tell a blog piece, the problem with just a blog that you're dashing off if you don't have enough time to make it short. <laughs> it's funny. I was like the opposite, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so it's like really that. true because if you're writing something longer, like the, the Minivan Centurion mm-hmm. is not a series of blog posts. It's an integrated piece. Right. And because of that, you know, I've gone back and forth and back and forth over it and found myself removing things ah, and, yeah, dis- yeah. and distilling it down to its essence. So I understand what Wesley Yang is saying there. Yeah. That, that took a lot of time. Well, I remember just different things that we've worked on together where it was like, you know, and I would, I would drop it out there. Do you remember when we worked on the, like the mission statement and stuff like that? Yeah, I dropped right. it out there and you were like, and, and you weren't even thinking like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculously long. Right. But you were like, well, let's just see, like, are there words here that could, could be removed? Are there things that, you know, and it took... It took a long time right. to make it short. That's right. It takes yeah. a long time to make it short. Yeah. Good writing takes a long time to make it short. Uh, so anyway, that's uh, Darkest is now putting his shoulder to the grindstone, getting that thing edited. I can't wait. I'm so stoked. And um, transformed into a book of sorts so that we can make it available in all its glory. Um, <laughs> a book of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually going to be a notepad. <laughs> and also, uh, he can edit this out if this is not yet for public consumption. He is working on the... Um, the the spoken word version of the Q source, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The audio book. The audio book. Yep. I knew there was a real word for that. Uh, the audio version of the Q source. Yep. Which uh, he had me read the parts where it's speaking in my voice. Yep. And then I think he, with his indeed dulcet tones. With, yes. 
not dulcimer. With my voice, chaser. my voice and face for radio. Right. Do you remember the time I said dulcimer when I met dulcet? And, the dulcimer and, tones. And uh, Chaser from Columbia was like, dulcimer is a musical instrument. <laughs> thanks, Chaser. Dulcet. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> dang, thanks. thanks. Well, he, hey, he takes his 18th century uh, well, music instruments very uh, seriously. He was correct. But anyway, yeah. the, the dulcet tones of uh, F3's Doa will be applied to the rest of it. So yeah. and I did the heavy lifting on approximately 7% of the book, and he's going to do the remaining 93%. I can't, I don't, I don't, well, I think I don't you understand why it's taking so long. So you kind of did the heavy lifting of uh, writing it in the first place. So. Farish. Yeah, reading. It's not nearly as tough as writing it. Farish. Okay, so getting <laughs> down to the heart of the matter, uh, right before we push the Yes, I was uh, saying, so that brings me button. to my questions. Yes. Yeah. I have questions for you. And I expect them answered. I hope that there are detailed questions about what DigiBridge is. But go ahead. Well, the, uh, that's on the list. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, before we hit go, I said, so do we feel like the, the, the purpose of this podcast is to promote the book? In part. In part. Do we feel like the purpose of this podcast is to stand as kind of the, uh, an anti-woke but even more so, even more than just anti-woke, I guess, uh, more of a, a kind of a, 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 as we said, a nascent movement, social movement. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and reject the word woke. Okay, because yeah, you, you, walked, you walked around it. I, well, I don't use it. Oh, okay, um, in, interesting. In the Q source and in, in the F3 lexicon, you'll see the word goo, goo. Fair. which is not the same as woke. Right. Uh because I, I reject it because, and here's the reason why I reject it, because I think uh, it's divisive mm. to, to say it, and the minivan centurion is about holding the middle. So I think there's a lot of people uh, of good faith who believe in wokeness. Sure. And I, I think I would disagree with a lot of what they say, but I, that, I'm an andist, so I'm not going to tar what they, the, the word under which they group their beliefs mm-hmm. uh, as something evil or bad. Okay. So I also think there's something positive to be said about awakening to truths that were buried. Sure. And if that's part and parcel of what they're saying, then the whole of the idea of woke to me is not wrong. So I, I'm not going, going to say I'm anti-woke. Okay. And as one of the co-leaders or only two individuals currently <laughs> in this movement. <laughs> Let's I, have a vote. I would, oh, dang it. Have a vote. No, I would, it's always a tie. I <laughs> would hope to persuade you that that would, would not. Yeah. No, no, uh, and I guess I was just trying to find a word that wasn't necessarily just a straight F three word, and that's sure. Goo is kind of goo is right, but but it really is a dread word. It's not a. So if you want to say what we're 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 fighting, first I'll say let's say we're fighting for things instead of against. Exactly, I was going to say is I I don't want us to stand anti anything except one thing, um, and this is chapter twelve ish or something, which is the splitter. Yeah. So it we are the committed antagonist and defenders against the designs of the splitter and that's the 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 entity what and you know yeah, it, the power it, the the force the, the whatever force, yeah. uh visualize it as you would being a christian capital c no modifier right. christian i would say that it's the devil right and it's the splitter's designed to disunite us yes and the splitter has active fleshly agents on earth working on both ends of every organization uh who uh do that and they would divide us. So when we say we hold the middle, it's against the splitter. So it's not right. against wokeness or any p- no, political I, I party. I get what you're saying. Right. Yep. So that, that's why I, I say that. And again, and also I think woke 
as I understand it, as you know, I'm apolitical, but woke has been captured as a very political term. And, oh, fair. I, yeah, and, I, yeah, I think watch, so. yeah, I think I'm I, I, about, I, yeah, yeah, I'm sure and, you're right. And and to take a stand against wokeness would be to to pitch yourself, I think, on the political spectrum, and that's not what minivan centurionism is all about. Yeah. Anyway, long-winded answer. So uh, what do we stand for might be the next question. Well, it could be. But first, I have to ask you some questions about DigiBridge. Ah, first of all, it's the digital divide. You know, across the digital divide, we, hey, know, it's that's where Rapido lives. At the um, at the end of the day, it's about the X's and or the dots and the dashes. The do, yeah. uh, zeros and ones. Zeros and ones. Zeros and ones. Yeah, Thank zeros you. and ones. Thank you. Uh, and so, and we've talked a little bit about what we stand for, and that and that's where when I when we first started talking about it uh, right before we hit go, I I was kind of in this, uh, you know, right after we said roll the open, even like. I, I listened to, I was listening to episode two on the way over and listened to the, the beginning. Uh, and again, to your point, you know, right. So we're on a mission from God and we, then, then, you, you know, there's a little bit of a description of what the, what the minivan centurion is. And we talk about holding the middle. Right. And so maybe it would be useful. I mean, and even in past episodes, I know we've kind of talked around it a little bit, sure. but, but, but let's dive in a little bit and say like, what's the middle? Okay, good. Uh, so the middle, and it's funny, the change I made to the final book was to capitalize the and middle in Love places. It. Because I hadn't done that before. Yeah. Uh, but so... And anytime, just so you know, packs or, or pod, pod persons. I, I don't even, anyway. Pod, uh, pod, pod people? Wait, that's a different, that's think, a different movie. Uh, anyway, when, when, uh, when Dave capitalizes something, it's because it is a term which now requires or, or necessitates a definition. And so, and that usually means that it is defined in some way that may not be exactly as the society has defined it in the past. And it has a unique meaning, uh, within our parlance and our language. So middle capital middle. Right. So a great point. I want to just take that up a little yep. bit. It's, it's a term we're defining, uh, because it's, it's integral to the overarching point we're making. And then it becomes a term worth defending. Defining then defending. Defining and defending. Yep. So when we say in F3 that accountability is submission right. to standard through enforcement and consequence, that is no longer the definition that the culture applies to accountability. Right. So we capitalize it to give it its definition and then we defend it. In a way, because we're, we're taking it back. Right. So there's some words we're taking back. Mm -hmm. Accountability would be one of them. Mm -hmm. Later on, you'll see in the book that uh, I define myself as a liberal, capital L. Ah, yes. Uh, Which is more of that classical liberalism of days past. But I don't use a modifier because if you have to modify it, then you're giving in. Fair. So it's liberal, full stop, capital L, which just, which just means that I believe that all men are created equal, endowed with certain inalienable rights paramount amongst those are the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Some of you may recognize that from the second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. Now, that's a radical notion. It's a radical notion. Which oh, thank I, you. Which I'm guessing is the name of a chapter. To it be is the name <laughs> coming of a chapter, up. <laughs> right. So I, I capitalize that to reclaim it Yeah. for what I think it, its purpose is. It's yeah. become... It's become so denatured and so battered by the culture that it almost doesn't mean anything anymore like accountability did. Right. So that's why I do that. Yeah. That's some words. Now, a radical notion, thank you for bringing that up. Also is, capitalized. Is not a term that has been, that we're reclaiming. It's a term that we are seeking 
we're, we're growing, right? So radical notion, capital R, capital N, it stands for those things uh, that changed the world. There were, there were truly radical truly notions radical. that have, have, where massive shifts in history. Massive have, shifts yeah. in history yeah. uh, th- caused like, seismic, same as massive, seismic shifts, yeah. challenged the existing power structures when they emerged. Well, and some of those things that you've tagged, uh, like on Twitter or something like that, hashtag radical notion, things like life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right. all men created equal. Right. And and then I would go ahead and, and, and carry out some others and say things like um, the idea uh, that there was a, that, that, you know, that God came to earth and, and died for sins. That's a pretty radical notion. So that's the empty tomb. So radical okay. notion number one is the empty tomb. Got it. That on Easter morning, when when Mary Magdalene appeared at at, the, at Jesus's tomb, the stone was rolled away and it was mm-hmm. the tomb was empty. So that was a radical, pretty radical notion. Radical notion. Try as he might, uh, the uh, Roman emperor was not able to stamp that out. Uh, nor were the Sanhedrin. No one could stamp out that radical notion. They called them liars. They said it didn't happen. They right. questioned it. Right. You know, men died for it, and. It was such a radical notion that it little, literally changed how we count the years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. It, we reckon all of time. Time started then. Yeah. Modern time started then. Yeah. So I'm not saying you must agree that it, it's true. I'm saying you must agree it was a radical notion, yeah. you know, because yeah. it just was, you know, and, and the, the Roman Empire, because it was past the Republic, Republic had fallen through Caesar. And Caesar Augustus had become the first emperor. So there was no longer a, a, demo, a democracy in, in Rome. It was now an empire, um, a tyrannical empire. Had all the power and was a powerful force in the world. Could not, could not stamp out the notion of the radical notion of the empty tomb and ultimately converted to it, gave into it. Right. You know, it took yeah, 500 years. That's one of those things that I think is interesting too, where, and maybe that's a way that you kind of can identify a truly radical notion, like truly radical right. in the sense that it's like the Roman empire should have been able to quash that. Sure. I mean, it, right. They should, they should have been able to, they were the most powerful entity on earth. They should have been able to quash they that. Had, they should have died. Had every single resource right on hand to do it. Sh- should have died. Right. The constitution of the United States of America, it was freaking England. I mean, so it, you mean, they the dec- were, you mean the declaration? Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The declaration of independence. Right. Because the, there's no. They were the most powerful entity on earth at the time. At in the se- time in 1776, right. King George had as much power and control over the earth that the Roman emperor did. In, in there's in, no in reason 30. on paper, yes, that makes any sense that that should have lived. That's that right. that should have made it. Those two. So the radical notion that all men are created equal. That's the second radical notion. That that radical notion. Um, we we so we so take it for granted now. For one of the reasons why we take it, yeah. so, we take it so for granted is because it's it's embedded in our hearts. It's a truth that's self evident. That's right. what Thomas Jefferson wrote. It's a truth that's right. self evident. Meaning, it well, and no you know, kind of like you mentioned last week, how Australia was raised, you know, raised up in a very different penal, world, penal yeah, colony. right? And and and, right. and so some of it is nature, as in self evidence, right. and also some of it is nurture. I mean, you know, all of us have, you know, we born and raised knowing that just that's just what we've been sure that's just what it is here i think in 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 a penal colony colony they didn't believe it to be true right you know but if you were a an american colonist this they didn't make it up it was it was the development of of at that point about 700 years 
uh, of an evolution from status to contract. They didn't right. make it up. Right. You know, uh, like it, it had been developing. Right. right. But right, right. it was antithetical to the rest of the world. There was not, a, and at that moment in 1776, there was no country that was a democracy. There was yeah, no, there, no. Were, there were no republics. The only uh, republics or democracy that ever existed were classical, you know, the Greek city-states right. and the Roman Republic, but they were long since expired, and even when they did exist, had a proletariat. Yeah, you know, so they weren't, they weren't quite like this. Yeah, well, no, yeah. they had a proletariat. Yeah. They had a status hierarchy. Right. So, yeah. you know, they, they didn't want to get us off on that. But that's okay. Yeah. Founding fathers said, yeah. there's no such thing. Right. They, they said that all men are created equal. There's no status hierarchy. Um, your only status is that you were born and you're endowed with certain inalienable rights, which means they can't be removed yeah. by yeah. any flesh-based governance. They, are the, they're, they come to you through divine providence and cannot be taken. It was an unbelievable, insane thing right. to send in a letter to the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> right. And that what that letter actually is, is notice to him that he's in breach of contract. Right. I mean, it was written by lawyers in a lawyerly way, and it was, you've committed the yeah. following breaches. This is, this is what we said, you said we were. Right. You, you're not doing that. You're in breach of contract. So we're done now. Right. And, and we are now going to create a new contract uh, which, in which you would not be involved, and, you know, peace be with you. Of course... He didn't take it that way. Really? I hadn't, you know. <laughs> well, you know, in King George's defense, it, it was a radical notion. Right. You know. Uh, well, it was completely upending everything right. that, that had happened right. in right. their world up to that point. It wasn't like when Canada slid away. <laughs> Did I anyone mean, even notice? I don't uh, even know. <laughs> I, I mean, at that point, you know, you know, when it's the first group of people to say, yeah. uh, and it also isn't oppressed people who had been throwing had been throwing off tyrants forever right but usually the first thing they did if they won they usually lost but if they won the first thing they did was they took power was, yeah they installed a new tyrant right you know, that's what yeah. pete townsend meant when he said same boss meet the new boss same as the old boss yeah i mean the rev revolution was not to free the oppressed it was become the oppressor here was a group of men that said no we're not just saying throwing off our tyrant we're throwing off tyranny tyranny yes yeah, that's yeah, we're not we're not just going to replace you with a right. new one. That's why it's a we're radical ending notion. this. That's right, right. So, so what's our radical notion here in this burgeoning social movement of two? Same. We're throwing off tyranny. No, it's the same radical notions. Well, I mean, there is no what we're what we're doing now. Uh, I hope is that we're standing athwart a devo a devolution. Yes. For, in a nation that had had moved from status. Right, you were either right. born in nobility or right. you weren't. To contract. Right? To contract, and is now in danger and is devolving back towards status. Yeah. So what we are doing is standing athwart of that devolution and saying no. But is it not fair to say that we are taking the radical notions that have previously come, right? Right. Are we are we not then by in a way doing by taking those things and producing the, and and bringing them to bear now? Are we not bringing our own radical notions? No. I mean, we're re-nailing the thesis, 100 theses to the wall of the church, just like Martin Luther did. There we go. But okay. it's the same ones, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is why about... Well, his weren't, you know, brand new either, right? I mean, yeah, but, but yeah. it was why 47 times in the, in the, in the minivan centurion, it says nothing changes under the sun. Because it, <laughs> it, there's nothing about what we're promulgating in the minivan centurion that's in any way new. So what would you call it? I wouldn't call it anything. It's not a revival. It's not a. a, a oh, I see your point. Uh, yeah. Sure. 
I'm just, yeah. I'm just here to ask the right. questions. No, you know, I've been doing so many podcasts that yeah. I honestly, I'm glad you're listening to the ones we have because you can say, yeah. Dredd, you just said that. But, you know, this is what, what I'm writing, you know, what you're going to help mm-hmm. me get right. So what we are, what we are writing, what we are we're producing, producing, what we are producing is in essence getting to the, what is it you say you do here? When in that scene in, uh, in office no, space, mm-hmm. stop me if I just said this like last week or whatever. Well, we did talk about it a okay. little bit, go on. But if, if a young man was seated across, seated across from the bobs and they said, what right. is it you say you do here? And he really didn't know. He gave that answer that, that the, uh, the, the protagonist in the, in the right. movie. Who's the I'm a people person. Not that guy. The, the main character. Oh, oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. protagonist. Yeah. If they, if they gave, if he, if he was, and he was a young man then. Right, yes, right? yes. Uh, I just can't remember the name of the actor. If they, if, if his response was really weird, right? He's like, uh, uh, he's like I come here, I don't do anything, I, right. wait, I waste time, you know, I do about yeah. an hour's worth of work. You know, <laughs> and then I sit the rest of the day. The rest, yeah. right? uh, and the Bobs would slide this book over and say, read that, that's what you do here. It's the credo of the minivan century. Right. This is why you're here. Yeah. And it's love a, and protect my family. It's it's That's three it's three things. Go. You love and protect your family. You are an asset to your community, and you fight to defend the middle of the nation. That is the credo of the minivan century. That's what we're here for. Those three things. So yep. none of those three things is new. None of those three things is radical in itself, although that those three things are underpinned by the radical notions. Mm-hmm. But they themselves are not radical, and, and that's why I want to I want to steer through the shoals or the shark ridden uh, waters of things like woke because I don't want to get stuck on that. Yeah, because you know? that'll just right that'll get us right. mired down that's in right. stuff that doesn't matter. So you know I'm I'm getting ready to try a case on Monday. Finally, back in the courtroom, so I feel pretty good about that. But Woot. I'm kind of going back through my heads about you know techniques and things. And one of the things is on cross examination is you go for low hanging fruit. You go with the things that nobody can deny. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, you start with that, you know, so you say to a guy that's not sure, like, do you love your family? Is he going to say no? <laughs> right. You say, or do you think it's your obligation to protect them? He doesn't have to say it comes from God. He can just, no, no. yes, right. I feel an obligation to protect yeah, them. Right. Yes. Do you want to be an asset or a liability to your community? Well, what man sure. is going to say sure, liability, right? right? Of course I want right. to be an asset. And then, you know, then finally it was like, well, do you think that the middle of what we have here in the nation do you think that's worth defending and if he says no and you say how the heck do you think you're going to love and protect your family without right. the nation right i mean it, yeah, yeah it's there's a logical progression there now from that we can those are the essentials right, and right. under the augustinian code we have that full unity on them yeah but we can agree to disagree and have liberty and all the others right and we can we can not only disagree we can debate and, and argue whatever not we want you know, about the how we get there not only can we, we must. We should. We should. Yeah. Yeah. We must. Yeah. You know, and then of course the third prong of the Augustinian code is charity in all things. And that really goes to how you comport yourself. Because really that's and that's really where we've kind of gotten off the rails, isn't it? A lot one of, one, it, of the one, one of the ways. I mean, and that, I'm saying with those three things that you that you put out there, right? The the idea that A, we have to have unity in the essentials. We have people saying that everything's essential. Everything. And so, that's what it, that's what an orist would and say. And so, right. therefore, we must have complete unity, which also means kind of complete uh, full know, agreement. Yeah, full unity. agreement. But I was just trying to think, like, not an automaton, but you know, like that kind of like that's 
right? Sure. You know, that level of like, you know, well, you'll just all wear the same thing. Um, you'll all, you know, we must have unity because everything's essential. So that's right. So we have that problem. Li- literally, you must dress the same. Yeah. Literally, not, not, not figuratively. Right. Sumptuary laws. You must dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. We your, talked about. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. You can't wear certain kinds of. It's cultural know. appropriation. Yeah. You, you know, the, <laughs> no, that, that's what it is. No, that's, it's, I hadn't thought of that. Well, yeah. that's why I say it's a devolution to, to status. Literally, the kings and noble classes of England passed sumptuary laws to tell the commoners they could not dress like In nobles. Ways. Yeah. They, you know, they 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 sold it on economic grounds, saying, "Well, you're driving up the price of velvet." But the, the truth of the matter was they did not want their the right their rights that what they believed that they were born into and passed on by birth mm-hmm. they did not want those rights taken away or even copied by commoners they they didn't want them appropriated they passed sumptuary laws we are in the same exact place now in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one there are splitters who say. You right. can't wear that sombrero because you're not a Mexican. Mm-hmm. That's culturally, that's cultural yeah. appropriation. You know, I mean, it's, you must dress this way. You must dress in the, within your status. You must think this way within your status. If you are, your skin color is this, you must vote this way. Yeah. If your skin color is that, you cannot speak now. It's, yeah. it, it's a devolution to status away from contract. If every man is a, uh, is created equal, there's no more commoners, no more lords or ladies. Every man has the right to speak any darn time he wants, subject to reasonable rules about time, place, and manner. That's what the law is. You know, the, sure. go- the government can say, mm, not right now. They can say, not in this location. And is that, is that right? kind of that fire in a movie theater kind no, of thing? No, that's, that's different. That actually is not the law. So you can speak. Well, no, but I know it's not the law, but it's in concept, I'm asking. Not even in concept. Go on. You can speak now. You can't speak. You you can't hold a rally at midnight because that disturbs everyone else. Okay. Right? Okay. Right. Okay. Yep. You can have a rally, but you can't have it at the corner of Trade and Tryon because you'll disturb. Right. Traffic. We got traffic. That's yeah. right. Uh, manner. You can't use a bullhorn because its decibels are too loud. Time, place, and manner. Content. That is not subject to control, to governmental control or regulation. No law can be passed to do it. Right. For any reason. So the content of one's speech is always free. It doesn't matter if it's filled with the most hot, vile, hateful, just angry word. It doesn't yeah, matter. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. In fact, that's the speech that we have to defend so that the speech that is of a public nature that is hard to hear but valuable. But helpful. Yeah. You're protecting it there. So you're so you are defending the speech that everyone hates. So the speech that's challenging and helps us collision learn is, is protected. That's, that's why you do it that way. Because if you give up on, on a content basis at the very edge, right? Mm-hmm. And I know some, some really good guys who don't understand that. Or like, well, we sh- you know, there are some things we should control, you know, not let people say. I'm mm-hmm. like, it, it's, a, it's binary, brother. <laughs> it's, either you do or you it's don't. It's like the digi divide, the digi bridge. Yeah. It's zeros and ones. If you say that the government has the power to infringe upon our right of free speech for any reason other than prescribing certain time, place, and manner, if you do that... Then you, you flip al- the switch. If you allow content to be to be controlled by the government, then it will always move to the point where it controls criticism of itself. That's what it would do. Well, it, it, 
because it's a giant bullfrog leech nasty well, yeah it, that's, people I mean, in power want to retain power they lose power when they're criticized publicly and can't respond and that's why as a minivan centurion uh and the things that i've learned anyway uh in terms of of f3 uh and, and really even in my faith too uh we 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 executed much the same way right. where a man serves you know for a period of time and then he hands it out to somebody else supposed to yeah like because there's no like because the 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 thing that he did was just a i'm trying to say this correctly the service that i provide in my role in f3 is no more important and no less important than the queue that shows up to to lead that morning we have a different sphere of influence we have a different set of things that we're we're trying to do different, but the, different calling different skill sets sure right sure but but if it wouldn't matter if i did all the things if the guy didn't show up to do the thing that right. he was supposed to do then it wouldn't matter right. none of it would matter and and i'll do my little thing for a little period of time and then it'll be over and then i'll move on and do something else and for me the thing that i've learned and again you know i don't i know we're blowing sunshine a little right but the thing that i've learned a lot from you and from, from F3 and from all the other leadership things that I read all the freaking time now because I've become obsessed, thanks for nothing, um, <laughs> right? But indicates that that <clears throat> in order to be a good leader, to be a virtuous leader, all I have a mission. I have a mission that I'm here to complete. And therefore, it doesn't matter where I am or what my job is at the, or call, you know, the thing that I'm asked to do at the certain time is because all I'm going to do is take my mission and execute it within those constraints and those, and those bounds, right? Because the time, place and manner in which you speak is relevant to the content of what you believe. I mean, that's, that, that, that's, what, that's what I'm kind of getting. It at. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the nation's uh, back, but jacked up yesterday, tweeted out something I wrote 10 years ago, totally forgot about. Was, I found that as oh, I was, you did it. Well, no, he 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 tweeted it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was it, those two things were unrelated. Right. But I found that thing when I was because I was doing a little search and trying to find many vegetarian oh, okay. stuff to write I mean, to I, open. To the, yeah, I mean, I, it was hilarious, hey, right? Almost eleven years ago, you forgot that that blog post even existed. And if you pull up, <laughs> if you go and find it, it looks like it's from eleven years oh, ago. Well, Not the content, but the the, no, the, the format of the 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 well, website that it's on is like, ooh, that's old. Eleven years ago, I I transitioned from writing stuff that nobody would ever want to read. Or should read, you know, just yeah. tear-stained idiocy, to trying to write things fit for human consumption. And, and, <laughs> and when I did, I wanted to have a place for them, and I didn't right. know what I was doing, so I just created this idiot. Google I know blog. it's it's just hilarious to me it's that so it's so rudimentary. But you know what? I read that stuff. Maybe this is what you're going to say, but I read I because I as I was searching, you know, as we're putting the show together, and you know, like I think I, I I read that stuff, and then I was like, it's, it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. And it, there exactly. literally is a chapter or a blog post called Minivan Centurion, <laughs> yeah. and it really is the same it's the ideas. Same. It's, they're not as fully developed. No, that's right. I, yeah, and I would say they're not as robust. Uh, they're not but as But I mean, smart, so but, I've been thinking about this for 10 or 11 years, right. maybe longer. Yeah. But, you know, it's really the events of the last three years that have made me believe that it needs to be transitioned from kind of a... A philosophy into a philosophical movement yeah which is your first question right so it, it th that's why I sat down and said all right um, and it was last summer uh -huh. you know when we suffered through uh, COVID and and societal unrest and civil disobedience and I said what seems to be like a misunderstanding 
hmm. of what's going on here. And I, what I kind of saw was some guys that I had thought of as andists, although right. I hadn't had that. I didn't really think of them in those terms yet, but guys I thought were middle holders. Yeah, you hadn't put words on right. it like that. But Sliding yeah. out to the ends. <clears throat> yeah. And I thought, why, why are these guys doing that? You know, like, wh- why suddenly are guys that I thought, you know, we disagreed on things, but we still... But we still believed essentials, we, essentials the same, yeah. Why are they suddenly, you know, saying things like, we, we shouldn't let people say these things? Yeah, you know, I was like, well, that was really surprising. Uh, and a guy, I'm, I'm not, I won't embarrass him, obviously, uh, but I was talking with, and he said, I don't know, Trey, we were sitting there talking this last year. He's like, I think, I'm thinking maybe some things, you know, we should... Sh- we shouldn't allow it to be said. And I looked at him and I said, who's we in this? <laughs> and what are, what are those some things? Yeah. And, and, and if we, if we can define who that is, right. determine what those some things are, how do we keep them from turning into anything that they don't want us to say? And he's like, well, I, I, I'm just talking about people who, you know, who might be harmed by words. I said, brother, if you think a man can be harmed by words, right? Yeah. Then we need to start at the beginning. Yeah, let's let's back up and because fix it, that. It's a it is a what a children's rhyme to say that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I mean, and if we've lost that, then we we have a problem. I was saying, and we have. So anyway, that conversation embedded in a lot of um, things that I saw last summer led me to say, okay, I'm going to start the Collision Learner website. And, then, mm-hmm. and build out and tease out on this idea of what I think of as as the minivan centurion, I guess, has been rolling around in the back of my head forever, not really thinking it would be a movement, more of a something you could provide to a youngish man, or a, this guy is older, a confused sure. man, <laughs> and say, uh, you know, where we find ourselves today is we didn't just like blip into existence. Right. We didn't uh, like Descartes, like think ourselves to be so right now with nothing behind it. I said, there are underpinnings to all of this and history has been moving forward for a long, long time. And the place of freedom to, to have your life and liberty and pursuit of freedom, pursuit of happiness, that we're taking completely for granted. Yeah. And we need to get back to base principles. That's why I'm like, it's not a revolution. It is simply a reassertion. It's a realignment. Realignment. I don't yeah. know. Uh, you know, it, you know it, it is, I suppose it is my answer and now our answer since there's two of us to- It's burgeoning. Right, to the question of, is there anything worth defending here? Right? Is, is, should we just say, well, let's, whenever I hear the word reimagine, I'm like, uh-oh. this uh, is about to go south well yeah i mean the idea that um institutions that have served our nation for 200 years are irredeemably toxic and have to be destroyed but when i hear that i I think it's very sounds very much like the french revolution you know when the committee for public safety that was what took power after the king was and queen were put to death you know the committee for public safety basically ate itself Mm. because they 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 just they under they took down every single institution that existed. What you know the the old regime, the ancien regime. They took it down, and they replaced it with new things. Mm-hmm. And none of those new things had any principled limits. So they started cutting off anybody's head that was slightly to the left of where they sat in the general assembly. That's mm-hmm. where the word. That's where left and right come from, by the way, in our politics. 
It's where people literally, literally, where sat. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, if you sat to the right at the at the in the, uh, the National Assembly, I think it was after the French Revolution. If you sat towards the rightish, you were more aligned with holding on to th- some things at least from the past. Mm-hmm. The, the farther left you saw it, the more radical you were. The more you wanted to take these things down, and then you know, left, right, left, right, and then ultimately people started flanking each other to the left, and no one could flank fast enough and even Robespierre lost his head because there's always somebody willing to go farther right, right. If, if the right doesn't hold like really if the middle doesn't hold what it is yeah. there was yeah, no yeah. there was no middle middle didn't hold so you're you're 1789 about the same time we did uh what you get in France is a monarch you get a tyrant you get Napoleon mm-hmm. and what we got in America was George Washington and the reasons for that is because in America there was a middle yeah and in France there wasn't there wasn't Okay. There wasn't. Yeah. That that that's the that's the big difference of those two things. And so that kind of brings us around to uh, more or less where we started um, before we hit go, or maybe it was right after we hit go. Now it's all starting to blur together. I got to get my digi bridge in order. Get your digi bridge right, man. But uh, the idea that is there something worth defending, and what is our task, and what are we trying to to accomplish? by having this podcast, writing this book, and ultimately all the other things that will be part of what we do. Right. Uh, and the answer, obviously, to you and, and to me is there's a lot of things worth defending, and they're still defendable. They're still defendable. We're not done. It's not over. History hasn't been written yet. And we, I think, uh, speaking for both of us and Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, we stand very much uh, on very firm ground saying not only is it worth defending, but we will defend it and we will gather as many sure. as necessary to defend it in whatever way is necessary. I, I don't want to get crazy or anything, but but we can't continue to allow this devolution into madness well we can't continue to ignore it fair because i i think to, to say to allow it is to say you see it you acknowledge it and you turn a blind eye to it like you, you will i what I, I i what i think is we are we are we have, too many people have are too many men mm-hmm. because i really think it's a man problem i don't think it's a woman problem at all i think women understand this implicitly yeah you know uh I, I think it's a man problem. I think too many men in America right now are ignoring the devolution to status and yeah. and are are not willing to stand and fight for the radical notions upon which this nation's liberty and, and life were founded. Well, if you look at who holds, kind of corners the market on pride, uh, it's typically men versus sure. women. So well, it makes sense. You know, and, and this is part of the splitter's design. The splitter convinces us a couple things. Number one, um, and are contradictory because all crazy things are contradictory. Number one, there's no such difference between men and women. Right. It's a construct. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nothing. doesn't matter. In fact, yeah. you were born with three lines or three dots is irrelevant. doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. So there's no such thing as a man. If there's no such thing as a man or a woman, you know, uh, if, if that's so, then there's no such thing as the mission or and ultimate purpose for a man. You know, I we set it out very early in Minnie Venturian that a man's ultimate purpose, his primary purpose is is to love and protect his wife and children. That's his primary purpose. Yes. And and if there's no such thing as a man, then there's no such thing as a man's purpose. 
And then if there's no such thing as a man's purpose, then who's going to do the loving and protecting? The answer the splitter provides uh-huh. is the state. Sure. So when uh, my children said to me, oh, we don't have the police patrolling Freedom Park because we have the daddies, that was a very keen observation from some some humans, very smallish humans, who were then under the love and protection, I hope, of me, right. and, and saw it. And yeah, they felt, only knew it because they had it. They had it. They yeah. had it. They, they recognized it. So I, I would say, who do we want patrolling Freedom's Park? Is it the daddies? Right. Whose skin in the game is right before them? Right. Or is it the hired people, the government, who... Who, who don't, don't have skin in the game? Well, well they might. They might. They might well care. Well, generally speaking, though, their job is not. They care, but only in the sense that they have rules to enforce. That's right. That's yeah, right. Not not necessarily because they care right. for and, the same reason. There's we lots of policemen who are daddies too. So you know that that. But it's the 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 nut of it is, if we as men become mere males mm. rather than men, just males, mm-hmm. whatever that is then we are abandoning this responsibility. We're delegating it to, to hired experts. And if we do that, then we've lost agency. Then I, we have a real problem. That's right. So that's, that's, that's the splitter's first contention, is that there's no such thing. Wasn't it, yeah, C.S. Lewis said, like, the, the greatest lie the devil ever told was, yeah, I don't there know, ain't no devil? Yeah. Yeah, there ain't no devil. Right. I actually think it was... Uh, Kaiser Sose. But anyway, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, maybe it didn't originate yeah, there, yeah. but I don't know. Anyway, that, go on. So uh, the second lie, number uh-huh. one is there's no such thing as maleness, but if there is, it's toxic. Sure. Which is funny because the two things can't can't right. really be... It's toxic. So this this thing that makes you a male, and, and, and in the minivan centurion, we say that's the three dots, right? which is courage, strength, and commitment. That the, that's a, what, that, that is your manhood. That's your maleness. Yeah. That... That courage, strength, and commitment, those are the three strands of the coarse twine that hold a man together and, 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 then, and then entwine together with other men. Those are the things that hold our communities together. Those things, in fact, are not the things that hold us together, but the very things that destroy us. That's what the splitter says. Right. Lie number one is you don't exist. Lie number two, if you do exist, you're, you're destructive and toxic. So does he need a lie number three? Probably not, but right. is there one? Uh, no, I don't think <laughs> no, there, there, yeah, don't, there's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but those, those two things would, would, if those you were, would be the principles behind all the other lies, if you were in the least bit confused about what it is you do here, mm-hmm. if you were the least bit confused and the, and the many voices that, you know, through Twitter and television and, you know, our politicians, all those voices that are speaking simultaneously, I think would aid the confusion rather than make it clear. Yeah. So here would be 115 pages where we're not confusing you. You may not like it. Sure. But I don't need you to like it. I just need you to understand it, right? Yeah. That's candor. Yeah. Graciously telling the hard truth and demanding to hear it from others. So it, and, and in the, within the book, we say it is not against the small s splitters that we pitch our battle to defend the middle. It is not because they're mere duped agents of the capital S splitter. Right. Those and are the men we will persuade. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So Andists <clears throat> in the middle, right? Right. For now are the majority. But if it ever turns out that the Andists are in the minority and there's orists on both sides who outnumber the Andists, the middle will not hold yeah. and will be destroyed. 
that came close to happening in the Civil War. You had Oris on the one hand, you know, mm-hmm. racist slaveholders on the yeah. other. And on the other hand, on the other side, you had vengeful abolitionists. Not just abolitionists. Right, right. Lincoln was an abolitionist, but vengeful abolitionists. Men who not only were about the business of freeing the slaves, but also punishing. Yeah, yeah. Punishing not just the slaveholders, but every single citizen and resident of a state that had been in the Confederacy, whether or not they held slaves, fought in the war, or even sympathized with the Ames. You were you were complicit by your neighbor. It was neighboring. They wanted to salt Europe yeah. with the blood of the South, so that nothing would ever grow there again. Yeah. So you know, I, I and. As Lincoln lays dying on the floor of the balcony in Ford Theater, he'd have to ask himself, who shot me? It could have just as right, well been <laughs> a, a, could have a been racist, yeah. racist slaveholder and it, as it was, and it could just as well have been a vengeful abolitionist because he enraged both ends with his stubborn determination to both free the slaves and hold the nation together. An almost impossible task. And, and it... And it was a dicey, close-run thing in which I would say, as a Christian and student of history, was inspired, as Lincoln himself said, by divine providence Mm -hmm. because it was a close-run thing. Now we look back and we're like, well, it just happened. One thing happened after another. I mean, the 13th Amendment, the Mm -hmm. one that that said that there will be never again be involuntary servitude in the United States of America, that that's what that that is what right. washed the blot in the Constitution out, right? Of of slavery, that's what did it. That thing had to had to be passed as a a, mem- a proposed amendment in the Senate by two thirds and had to be ratified uh, by three quarters of the the states, and it almost didn't make it. This is after the Civil War, right? It was uh, theoretically over. It, not when theoretically over, it was over. Well, the war well, okay. was over. For I'm saying, purposes. Uh, yeah, 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 right, right. No, the right. fighting was over. Yeah, the fighting was exactly. over. Yes, I'm but not I'm just sure saying, whether, like, I'm not, I'm not sure whether Appomattox had happened yet. But yeah, the the the, the battle that was over. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The battle over the Civil War was over, but the battle over whether that flaw in the Constitution, that blemish, right, right, that abomination, the the battle over whether or not the Constitution was going to be amended so that the contract is that's what it is of the Constitution that was to guarantee the promise of the of the Declaration of Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Happiness for all men because we're created equal. So that contract was flawed. It didn't deliver the promise to all. The battle of the Civil War was to deliver the promise to all. And yet, despite the fact that almost 500,000 men died in doing it, still, it only passed the Senate by a couple of votes. Mm. I mean, it was it was close. It was close. It, it was a close-run thing, and I would say that liberty always is a close-run thing. It's a close-run thing now, mm-hmm. and, and we take it for granted, right? Our kids look at us and say, well, of course you're a daddy. Look at yourself, right? <laughs> in your cargo shorts. I'm glad you think that. Yeah. I'm glad that I am stable enough and committed enough, strong enough and courageous enough and committed enough that this is what you see, that this woman I don't even know would hand me your child yeah. In full, because I'm wearing the uniform of the minivan centurion, in full confidence that she could trust me. Yeah. Right. I'm glad that that is so, and I'm glad that you take it for granted in a way. But it's a close run thing, and we right now because it is threatened right now. It's under threat. It always is, but there's just periods yeah. of time. It's flaring up. It's periods of time when the splitter senses weakness, the opportunity. To divide us, a house you know, a house divided cannot stand, and it, and he senses that, 
and he sends his agents in and he exploits cracks and and that is where we are right now and and that is what those that feeling those observations and that kind of impulse is what is what drove me to write it all down all these things in my head have been in there all this time yeah and and if it if it just is me and you barking in the wind and it doesn't matter because everybody's like yeah we already know that fine great if it turns out that some men are inspired by it and they're like want to join with us you know and form a cadre right to to make this happen and finer still it it at the end of the day it doesn't really matter to me because the only really things that matter to me are that my family is protected that i'm an asset to my community and that my nation, the, the my nation is defended. The middle is defended. Yeah, that's that's all that really matters to me. Because at the end of the day, that's the ultimate destination upon which the Lord produced me, raised me from mud to do right. Yeah, gave you that purpose. Are you with me? Oh, you know I am. Oh, okay, good. You know I am. I wasn't talking to you. Oh, oh, dang it! Oh, dang. Uh, hey, uh, what? <laughs> I was going to tell you something. How much like I can't get Dredd to shut up when he gets going? Like no, 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 it's good. <laughs> He's it's looking good. at his watch. No. He's looking at the lemon bowl. <laughs> I'm going to start throwing lemons. Throw, yeah, that's what you should do. Throw a lemon. Throw a lemon. <laughs> that's how you know time's up. The, yep. the, yeah. No, uh, I was going to say, um, now you made me forget. <laughs> okay. So uh, uh, I'll say this to you. Uh, tell me. Will you help me hold the middle today? I w- that's what I was going to say. Literally. I what? was going to say, hey, you do me a favor? What? Hold the middle. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'll do yeah, that. You got to face the radio. Nah, it's a podcast. It is. It is. You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside Centurions. Centurions.